0: Welcome to the Imperial Many Minds podcast from Imperial College Business School. I'm your host, Dr. Omar Merlot, Associate Dean of External Relations at the Business School. On this podcast, we share conversations between our expert faculty and global alumni network in business. From the role compassion can play in the business world to the economics and finance of climate change, from digital transformation to sustainable development and social responsibility, our diverse minds are tackling the questions that matter. At Imperial College Business School, our unique strength is the ability to gather a diverse range of experts. This gives us a broader, deeper and more cohesive view of the challenges society demands business take a lead on and enables us to design more expansive and groundbreaking solutions. On the Imperial Many Minds podcast, the world's top academics and industry experts will help you find the ideas, skills and confidence to make better decisions, whether that's in relation to your business or your career. Are you ready to join today's Meeting of Minds? finance is the language of business this fourth episode illustrates why it is relevant to have a financial education professionals especially those at executive levels need to understand finance in order to make solid decisions that benefit their organizations our guests today are dr claudia custodio and alumnus andrew fernando dr claudia custodio is an associate professor of finance at imperial college business school Her research interests are mainly in corporate finance, including corporate diversification, mergers and acquisitions, capital structure, and risk management. Her work has been published in major academic journals, and she's also the author of a best-selling corporate finance textbook in Portuguese. Andrew Fernando is a director at Forvis. He completed a master's in finance at the business school in 2007. In addition to his job in financial accounting, he's a member of our alumni advisory board. This episode will help you understand why gaining financial education will make you a better manager. Claudia and Andrew express a sense of urgency for professionals to build financial understanding, especially in times of crisis when companies can't afford to make mistakes. Their conversation was inspired by the article written by Claudia Custodio entitled How Financial Education Makes You a Better Manager. If you would like to read it, we will link it in the description of the episode. Andrew, how is a financial background valuable in your experience? From a personal perspective,
1: um, my undergraduate was in uh, engineering, um, so the master's in finance definitely helped with that financial aspect of it, just because it helped complement my analytical skills and the quantitative skills that I gained from my my engineering degree. Uh, And with the combination of engineering and finance, um, I was able to kind of pursue the career that I wanted to pursue uh, and it be able to kind of speak confidently about certain aspects of things, whether it be within kind of valuations, within uh, derivatives of trading or within strategic uh, consulting. So that has helped me quite significantly. And also my career has been within investment banking and consulting and having that financial background has helped because it's a common language. So even if you want to move from banks to asset managers to consultants, firms, they all speak the same language. The business school has helped me quite significantly with my um that, that technical knowledge. But also to add to that is continued learning. You need to continue to stay relevant and understand what's happening in the market. And I think a, a program such as executive education does help with that because it actually bridges the gap between um, kind of the technical knowledge and also what's happening uh, in the industry and, you know, all the leading trends. Um, so I think well, basically it has greatly helped me. And I think what I do like about the business school as well is the fact that your learning doesn't stop once the program stops. There is access to the alumni network. There is access to um, thought leadership and newsletters um, and also access to future events as well. So you have the opportunity to keep abreast and stay relevant of uh with 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 peers alike i I would highly recommend not only individuals who have a financial background but individuals that do not have a financial background to undertake a course or undertake some uh, kind of continued learning within finance
2: i would say that having a, a financial background is very important if you want to progress into having a um an executive level position because finance is indeed the language of business right it's the common language that goes across um, different industries and, and and it can be particularly important for uh, managers for executives that not having a financial background and being trained say in engineering like like Andrew or in biology or even in medicine right so that uh, um, lack uh, obviously because of their core training they will lack these uh, um, these financial skills so it's I would say it's particularly important for for these people that obviously as they progress in their careers they are going to get to uh, management positions eventually to to make it into the c-suite it's it's very it's very important for them to to, to acquire these type of of skills one to be able to communicate with other um executives to um to be able to um understand say um financial information which is one type of information that is very important that is produced by uh, by firms and that is crucial for decision making right so to be able to to make good and sound financial decisions um having a solid um financial training is is very important i i would say
0: so financial understanding is useful for executives. Claudia, can you tell us more about your research and what it says about how financial awareness impacted businesses in the area you studied?
2: So what what we do in the classroom is really to try to equip the students, in this case, uh, executives, right, or people who are on the path to, to become top managers of, of firms is, is to equip them with, with a set of skills that can allow them to go back to their their companies, right, and and on the basis of a, of a solid training in terms of the fundamentals, the concepts, the the theories of finance, they can basically build on these theories, on 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 these concepts, and apply to their own reality, right. So what what we can assure is that uh, because we we are very strong. Uh, when it comes to the academic side, right? So, so the the, the business school, the finance department is a, it's a it's it's very strong academically. So, uh, for sure, we can equip the the students with with all of the knowledge, right? With all of these strong uh, theoretical background, but always we try to make sure that we bring this knowledge and we we build on this. Um, theoretical foundation to apply to real life cases right so real life scenarios and uh, because obviously when our students then go to uh, to their own companies right so they will be facing many different realities right so many different circumstances but we are confident that with the, the the set of tools that we provide them they will be able to then go back to the foundations go back to the basics to the concepts and and apply this to to their own reality during our research project in Mozambique we were able to follow a group of around 90 companies for a few years trying to understand what type of uh, financial practices they were changing after attending our our course and one of the key uh, financial policies that these managers change was networking capital. And I found it fascinating because managing working capital, it's usually not one of the main topics, right? So let's say you open a, a finance textbook. It's not going to be the first or the second chapter, right? So I would even say that maybe this is something that some managers tend to neglect So they mostly care about bigger decisions, right? So acquisitions, the valuation of a new project, right? So uh, should I expand? Should I not expand, right? So these are big decisions that obviously managers need to get right, right? But that tend to get a lot of attention. So this is not necessarily the case for working capital decisions, right? So for, let's call them, um, short-term investment decisions, but this this was actually something that we saw managers changing after attending our course. Why are these important, right? So why is it important to manage working capital? So this can be particularly important for firms that, for instance, face uh, liquidity constraints. Uh, so managing working capital in a more efficient way can um, have a positive impact on liquidity which can be again particularly important in context where it's difficult to get external financing so mozambique was certainly um, a good example so i was actually there teaching the some of these managers it was fascinating i also i have to say i also learned quite a bit because again it, it's just a different context right and and very often something that that could happen was that I was teaching a concept, right, or I was teaching uh, something and and say, oh, this is something that potentially you can consider doing. And the response would be, well, in Mozambique, not necessarily things work in that way, right? So you need to, keep to take into account this, this, and that. So that that, that, that I, I thought was fascinating as well, right? So the fact that sometimes... Um, Sort of the recipes we have, and that we are confident to work in certain contexts, uh, not necessarily uh, work um, everywhere, right? So, so, so this this was fascinating as well.
1: So, so Claudia, just looking at it like globally, from like US, EMEA, Asia, Africa, do you think financial techniques used across those? Regions are significantly different uh, for for executives.
2: That's a super interesting uh, question, Andrew. That that was actually our very starting point in this project. So th- there is a, a survey run for the U.S. where um, academics were asking uh, managers of companies which type of techniques they they use. And basically, what we did was we replicated this for for Mozambique, and we found some. Differences. For instance, the, the 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 most used technique to value projects in Mozambique is uh, the payback period. Okay, so basically, the payback period is a metric that tells you how quickly you can get your money back from your initial investment. So, in the U.S., for instance, you you tend to use more of NPV, net present value, uh, the internal rate of return, that are alternative metrics. You're, you you. might be tempted to say, well, payback period is actually a quite naive type of, of metric to evaluate projects. Actually, that's what we tend to teach in the classroom, that this is sort of a more of a naive approach and say calculating a rate of return is something slightly more sophisticated. Having said that, we need to bear in mind that in countries where we do have a lot of political instability, right? So quite a lot of uncertainty. It might be important to know how quickly you get your money back, right? So from your investment. So what we learned as well was that not necessarily they were just using the payback period, but they were using it in combination with other techniques as well. Especially, guess what? The ones that already had some financial uh, background. So what we found was that The ones with a financial background, they would tend to combine these different metrics to have, say, a broader view of the prospects of their investment, while the ones that didn't have a financial training, they were mostly relying on the most naive ones. Again, something that can be particularly important in Mozambique Right, such as the, the payback period, but they were lacking the more sophisticated metrics. Right, So, say, calculating rates of return, doing some sort of sensitivity analysis or scenario analysis, trying to understand uh, what might be the implications if, if something uh, different from, from what is expected uh, happens. Uh, so, the short answer to your question is, yes, so we do find that in different places of the world, different techniques are being used
1: I I think that's quite crucial piece uh, point that you mentioned Claudia because a lot of executives um, work for multinational companies who have offices in different parts of the world so it's quite important to actually appreciate these certain nuances and differences when making financial decisions that will impact the overall financial results of a firm i mean from from my experience dealing with some of the other regions such as you know the us emea and apac from a communication perspective, there are certain nuances and differences. So, having that financial background or that those t- those kind of core fundamental techniques will help communicate certain uh, aspects or certain metrics in a in a much more coherent way that will help with the financial decision making process. But I think the the research that Claudia did uh, was was fa- it's fascinating because it actually kind of hones in on one of the key kind of concepts, of the differences between valuations or financial techniques across regions. And this is kind of the one that you mentioned, cordia is quite a big difference when from Mozambique, what they do there versus, say, what they do in other parts of the world.
0: What are the benefits of starting a finance course for an individual?
2: So again, building on what I was just saying before, having some executive training in, in finance can provide you with with a set of tools that will allow you to make good and sound financial decisions, I would say when when uh, financial markets, when the economy works well, uh, maybe being able to good to make good financial decisions is not crucial again because we won't see that many frictions in in the markets and and uh, things are going to be priced correctly and and so on. But I would say it's particularly during times when. Uh, the economy is not doing so well when financial markets don't work so well that it's very important to know your finance right so to be able to uh, to make good good decisions actually the days we are living now right are days where we have a lot of uncertainty right so we have something that we haven't experienced in the past which is inflation going up right so interest rates going up so i would say it's during these times when when the economy is not doing so well when the markets don't function so well that it's very important to know what we're doing when it comes to making our decisions so i would say it's particularly important during these these times i don't know if you agree with me andrew
1: absolutely agree with you uh, claudia In kind of this current environment with geopolitical risk, with high interest rate risk, making sound decisions is very important for the future of and the stability and sustainability of companies. And that can only be done with uh, a good, strong um, financial kind of background and financial skill set. In my day-to-day role within strategic advisory, there have been instances where I, it's like deja vu or going down memory lane and, you know, I can see myself like sitting in the classroom um, uh, learning about certain financial techniques or financial um, uh, analysis. And it's great also because it's taught by some of the leading experts within that field. So, you know, you're getting the best in class education and that's definitely kind of uh, materialized and was able to actually crystallize on that education. And I use it every day within the current work that I'm doing.
0: What are the benefits of sending execs on a finance course for the company?
1: In effect, by sending executives on such executive education programs would mean that it upskills the existing workforce. Um, by upskilling the workforce, that just means that better financial techniques are deployed, better decisions are made within that group, um, especially when it comes to the current um, kind of financial environment, increased geopolitical risk, increased inflation pressures where certain decision making has to be done in a sound manner, I feel that it will then result in a positive impact to the company's overall financial results. So you see that kind of flowing through from the workforce through to the decisions through to the actually the company's overall financial results in a, in a, in a very kind of straight linear manner. There are certain instances or individuals that would finish their undergraduate degree or their their master's degree and say, you know what, that's it. Um, You know, I've I've learned all I've had to learn and then pursue any other professional education programs, or executive programs. But I think the people that actually, or the individuals that actually excel in that career are the ones that continue learning and stay at the forefront of certain changes and adapt to the market. And that includes undertaking courses or programs in finance uh, on, on a regular basis. And that actually helps them with their decision making skills and helps them to progress up, up the corporate or the career ladder very, very quickly.
2: I, I would just add that it's um, we live in a world where the greatest assets that companies have are intangible, right? And and the the workforce, right? So the human capital of these of these companies is certainly amongst one of the most important intangible assets that then they can have. And investing in educating the the workforce, the 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 executives, and equipping them with the best knowledge, right? So the best skill set. And can, can only that to, to the value of, of organization. So, so we live in a world where uh, intangible capital probably very soon is, is uh, if not already, is more important than, than the tangible capital. And investing in knowledge is certainly uh, building this, this intangible capital for organizations.
0: Which skills and topics would you expect a high-quality executive education program in finance to cover?
2: Well, when we talk about a core course in in corporate finance, right, we will be talking about learning valuation techniques, right? So understanding uh, what are the best projects to take, understanding what is the opportunity cost of these projects, right? So should I invest or not? That's probably one of the most uh, important decisions that any uh, executive has has to make. Uh, following this one comes the financing decision, right? So once an investment decision is um, is made, right, comes the question, how am I going to finance this project, right? So um, should I take on some debt to finance it, right? Or should I mostly finance my project with, with equity? So that would be the, the second one. Third, questions related to risk management, right? So both on the operational side but also on the financing side. Short term investment decisions, as I mentioned previously, right? So these are important as as well. So I would say these are the, the 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 core ones, right? So once we build on these core decisions, right? On these core techniques on how to make these decisions properly, I would say there is a whole set of of topics that one can can cover such as say the the market for corporate acquisitions right so merchants and acquisitions is something that is that is quite popular or what are the recent advances in financial technology right so all of these new fintech companies that that are being created what what are these about what are the consequences of having these 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 companies or how do you banks work right and and all of the topics of financial intermediation how does financial intermediation work or more specific issues in 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 asset pricing right so how do we price different assets different financial securities what are the techniques the 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 um that that can be used and what are the most recent models to evaluate asset prices and and, and be able to price them correctly right so th- there is there is a whole set of of tools of skills that can be acquired in financial courses I would say from uh, the ones more centered in the corporation where we mostly take the view of a financial manager of a CEO right and and mostly make, Uh, or or try to mimic decisions that are taken at the corporate level, but also other uh, courses that take a broader perspective, right? So more of a financial markets perspective, financial intermediation, and try to understand how then different agents operate in these broader contexts. And then things that are more applied, such as, as I mentioned before, mergers and acquisitions, the market for corporate control, or learning how to, price specific financial assets, some of which can be quite complex, right, and and that basically ask for for uh, more complex models, right, and, and state-of-the-art models to, to price them.
1: Just, just to add to that, I think what I enjoy about uh, or liked about the courses at the business school is the fact that it combines that theoretical knowledge, Claudia, that you mentioned with uh, practical case studies, which is very, very kind of crucial. And also to the point that you, you mentioned, it also highlights all the leading trends. So it shows you kind of, you know, the, the fintechs and all the, the, the leading t- trends out there. I think combining all those three, so theoretical knowledge, practical case studies and leading trends definitely kind of equips individuals to um, to make those, fun, those sound financial decisions and uh, sort of progress in their career very, very quickly. Quickly.
0: Executive education programs are taught all over the world. Why should senior level executives choose Imperial College Business School?
1: Imperial College Business School, as you know, is one of the leading business schools. And by completing an executive program uh, from such an institute, it will definitely help those individuals with their career progression. Also, um, Programs such as this um, are attended by like-minded individuals from all over the world. So it's a great way to actually network with uh, peers within those industries. Um, and finally, um, with Executive Education Programme, especially the one at Imperial College Business School, learning and networking doesn't stop when the program finishes. Individuals will have access to alumni networks and also access to future events and uh, relevant newsletters, which is a great way to continue building their network and keep up to date on the latest and the leading trends uh, out there.
2: So one of the reasons to come to Imperial College Business School to participate in one of our finance programs is certainly the quality of the home finance department. So we have some of the leading academics in in finance, from financial intermediation to asset pricing. So we have a a very strong group, academically speaking, uh, but that also has very strong links with financial institutions, the regulators. And, and just the, the the corporate world in general another reason obviously is that we have such a beautiful campus located in South Kensington so I would say that's hard to mimic in any other part of, of the world
0: okay is there anything you think that we've not covered
2: at Imperial College business school and I would say this is also the the broader goals of the college we we want to tackle the world challenges of, of our times right so so for instance for instance Current climate crisis is one of the challenges that we are working really hard to contribute to towards um, a solution. And certainly, we we are uh, doing this as well in the finance department. So we do have uh, a lot of our academics working in climate finance-related uh, topics, uh, both from the corporate side, but also from a financial intermediation perspective, trying to understand the financial dimension of this big challenge that is the, the current climate crisis. We have been working together with uh, with governments, with with central banks, trying to, to, again, to understand what might be the impact of the crisis from more of a financial perspective, but also what are the responses on the financial side right so say we have uh, new types of securities being issued such as green bonds right and and we are trying to understand uh, how these can be priced right and how can companies uh, issue these new type of securities and and again help uh, to address the the, the current climate uh, crisis so i would say from a more of an academic point of view certainly and i uh, I believe we we are now certainly equipped with more knowledge than I would say two or three years ago with respect to uh, the benefits and the challenges of, of climate finance. Um, so I can certainly assure you that the, the the finance department has contributed on this front with new knowledge, right? So uh, with, with with better understanding of what what are the challenges that we face from again, more of an economic and, and financial perspective. But that can certainly not be uh, disentangled from the broader challenge that uh, climate
1: change is. Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of climate risk, obviously, as, as everyone knows, that's kind of one of the hot topics right now across governments and Companies, from from my experience, climate risk is within the top five risks that companies are trying to address and mitigate as they move towards net zero. It's great to know that uh, Imperial College Business School is reacting and adapting to that by having these academic courses around climate risk, sustainable finance. As you said, Claudia, there's a it, there's a big push to uh, green bonds and to actually having a more or maintaining a more sustainable business model, because a lot of the shareholders and investors now not only look at the overall PL or the overall financial returns, but also if that company is undertaking that in a sustainable manner as well. So it's great that the business school has that flexibility or that adaptability to, to stay relevant and to help their students be at the forefront of um, mitigating climate risk. Where we are over the last five years, we've moved from the pandemic over to kind of an environment of increased geopolitical risk, increased inflation pressures, and also uh, the big thing now um, and has been for a while has been climate risk. And I think what I like about courses at the the business school is the fact that it equips people or individuals with the right skill set to A, stay relevant – but also be to help effect change within the organizations to to tackle or mitigate manage these certain risks, uh, which is back to the previous point around continued education as well and why that's so important because it's all cyclical and you know in the next we you know ten years time it might be something different, but we need to stay relevant and have that continued education, which is why kind of executive education programs such as this is is, is, is key.
0: That concludes this Imperial Many Minds conversation. If you enjoyed it and want to explore this topic further, there's an article written by Dr. Custodio that expands on the points covered during the discussion. You will find a link to the article in the description of the episode. Thanks to our guests, Dr. Claudio Custodio and business school alumnus Andrew Fernando. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Make sure to subscribe and share or search Imperial Many Minds to find out more. In the next episode, Dr. Michelle Rogan and Salwa Daraj will give us sound advice to build and maintain professional networks. The Imperial Many Minds podcast series is brought to you by Imperial College Business School. While others speculate on the future, Imperial College Business School's diverse minds are designing and building it. Imperial means intelligent business. This podcast was produced by Prong Productions.